0: you thanks so much for listening to the show this podcast is sponsored by made to move physical therapy and we believe that movement is medicine if you have been dealing with pain that's preventing you from doing what you love and if you're looking for a healthcare provider to help you meet your goals then go to made to move contact us that two is the number two Fill out the form and reference the Healthy Charleston Podcast. Listeners get 10% off their first session. Welcome back, everyone, to the Healthy Charleston Podcast. This is your host, Hannah Briel. And real quick, if you're not following the Healthy Charleston Instagram or the Made to Move PT Instagram, we will be announcing some exciting things, some exciting updates happening in the Charleston area in the next few weeks. You're going to want to be in the know, so go ahead and follow those accounts it's at Healthy Charleston and at Made to Move PT, with the two being the number two. So, on today's show, we have the Made to Move team on with Kayla's inaugural team podcast, and we are talking about misconceptions of physical therapy. So, sometimes we feel that we shouldn't be advertising what we do at Made to Move as PT, as physical therapy, because our version of PT is so different than what you'll find at most clinics that it's almost a completely different service. We are going to talk with you a lot. We are going to spend as much time with you as we need. We are going to get you moving, get you sweating. You will not be spending the majority of the time on the table having, quote unquote, PT done to you. You will be, a, you will be the most important part of your physical therapy. Exercise is a huge part of PT, and this exercise can be done with a lot of different goals in mind. It can be challenging. It can be fatiguing. It can be hard. Sometimes it can feel good. Sometimes it can feel easy. It can feel low effort. It's usually a mix based on your goals, your background, and what you need and what you need today. But rest assured, we are going to make it a priority to get you back to doing what you love no matter what, or even help you create new healthy habits and create goals. So sometimes we might spend the whole session talking. Sometimes we might spend the whole session moving. We are going to talk about your sleep. We're going to talk about your stress levels, your nutrition, your life, your habits. We will talk about you as a whole person, as a human, and as an athlete, And you will most likely not need to come see us three times a week and lay on a table for 30 minutes. Again, this is very dependent on you and where you're at, but this is what makes us different. We are problem solvers. We are barrier reducers. We are your stress managers, and we want to be your guide to help you meet your goals. You will get personalized one-on-one care. We will spend the time we need to get to know you on a deeper level, Work with you, educate you, and empower you with the tools you need to reach your goals. This is our version of physical therapy. It looks different for everyone, and it should. Now, go enjoy the show. Thanks, yeah. brother. <laughs> All right, everyone. Welcome back to the Healthy Charleston Podcast for another round of the team podcast. So today, we have me, Hannah. Dane. Rachel. Kayla. Kayla. So it's (laughs) Kayla's inaugural team podcast with us. So welcome. Happy to have you here. How's everything going? You're not going to leave us, right? No, I'm here. I'm here to
1: (laughs) stay.
0: So in October, we have some things going on. October 1st, we have a back workshop, a resilient back workshop, to be clear, at Longevity Fitness downtown, October 9th at Burn Boot Camp. We have another, Summer. what is it?
1: Burn Boot Camp. Somerville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to be specific. Another
0: back workshop. Do we have a title? Put your back into it, get back to it. We got your back. I have not gotten that far yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Burn Body Boot Camp. It's Burn Boot Camp. It's yeah. Burn Boot Camp. Burn Boot Camp in Somerville. Do we have anything else going on in October? I don't know. Anything that we can life. talk about right now? Halloween, but that's not oh, saying awesome. yeah. yeah. I have a wedding. I have a bachelorette party. You probably have, like, four
1: weddings, too. I'm going to an NFL football game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What yeah. With, with your dad? The 24th flat, San Francisco.
0: Nice. I'm, I'm trying. Like, this is not official by any capacity, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to get Low Country Barbell <clears throat> to host a Halloween rave. I love that. <laughs> I <laughs> just going to put love that out know. there. That's in October. <laughs> okay. I would say we have some exciting things happening in October that we – Can't yet discuss, but if you are listening to this podcast, you should definitely be following Made to Move PT on Instagram and at Healthy Charleston on Instagram. The two is the number two. Anyways, today we are talking about physical therapy, something that we all know uh, pretty well, but mainly we are talking about misconceptions, maybe like negative connotations, what you think of when you think physical therapy and what we actually think it should be. So I think a common theme is that when you think of physical therapy, you might think of like being on the table, getting a massage, getting an ice pack, like having PT done to you. But as a team at Made to Move, we are really passionate about you, the patient, being a very big part of the physical therapy. You are doing the physical therapy. Um, It is not being done to you. So I wanted to start by getting everyone's like what's your like worst misconception or like the the most negative thing that you've heard <laughs> of physical therapy, because like our patients tell us this all the time of like, "Oh, I went here and this is what it was." like what's the worst thing someone has said about pt I think um, <laughs> that it was them and two other patients at the same time, with one p.t I love so that. They, yeah, yeah, they just felt like being babysat by yeah right along with well, other yeah i think that's unfortunately functions. pretty common for people who don't have a good experience of like i just came in and they barely watched me do the exercise i could have done at home
1: yeah Oof. i think um like ultrasound or iontophoresis for oh, 12, 12 weeks for tennis <laughs> elbow you know 12 weeks yeah that's 12 all weeks. they did more or less for like 12 weeks for the same issues this is you not me oh, okay. <laughs> but a family member actually um and i heard about it after the fact of course because i would have been uh, pretty upset had, had i heard it you know throughout the duration of their treatment but yeah so uh you know just sitting there the understand or the idea that ultrasound just even works and and then to do it repeatedly while the symptoms or the you know the, the issue is not going away
0: it's honestly kind of impressive on their part to sell that where they're like, you know, nothing's getting better, but I promise mm-hmm. if you just do this for 12 weeks, I had a patient the other day ask me if we had ultrasound and I was like, you know what? I don't think we do, but the evidence shows that ultrasound is the only thing that works as well plugged in as it does not plug in. <laughs> and it took a second and, it like, oh. and I was like, oh, really? Which like a few years ago and I... And planning for this podcast, I looked up like physical therapy on Google, and it's like you might get ice, you might get ultrasound, you might get stretches, and I'm like, oh man, that definition of PT is mm-hmm. is not great at all. What about our personal experiences? I'm sure we've all been to PT in this room as patients too. Oh, I guess I'll tell a story that <laughs> you guys begged. Oh no. <laughs> um, Oh god. I'm glad to <clears throat> so what happened for me is high school, junior year, playing soccer, broke my collarbone, went to PT. I may have been a terrible patient. You yeah, I don't really tell many people, I'll kind of keep it close to this. You oh, know what I'm saying? God. <laughs> um anyway, so go to PT. I remember laying there and like having my arm moved around. I was in a sling for a little while. And I really didn't exercise at all. Just kind of sat the bench with the PT. Hated everything. Oh, wow. um, failed a lot of chemistry tests. Very hard to fill in the <laughs> scantron. Really? Very hard to fill in the scantron with your left hand. I realized <laughs> in like all the equations and stuff. So and for you? No, oh. i was still pissed about it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not um, PT school, though, you're fine. Yeah, I figured out hate how to it. work around. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I went to PT. Like nothing was ever like very soccer specific. Like it was all write your name or the alphabet, whatever's longer. For me, they're fairly similar. <laughs> yeah, like, definitely an alphabet, but I don't yeah. know about it. Um, on the wall with a ball, just like stuff like that. And I was like, I don't even see how this is like anything similar to what I want to be getting back to. Did all that, was supposed to have that, or I had a band, I was supposed to like band it. External and internal rotation at home, never did it. Definitely lied about doing it. When you get like a big long list. I really don't know. Okay, Okay, right. (laughs) Probably the. I know it was a piece of paper that I lost. Anyway, it just didn't seem important to me. It had no correlation with what I felt was what I wanted to be able to do. Um, So then, anyway, went back and did preseason conditioning, which was pretty much just running, which has really not much to do with the shoulder.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, I digress.
0: So then first day back at practice, playing in the gold dove, heard a very what I thought at the time was a very loud bruise <laughs> because, uh, because I was convinced that it did not rebreak because I was like, that would just be too unfortunate. Bruises definitely make noise.
1: Yeah. This
0: one did. <laughs> or so I told myself. I was like, coach, I'm fine. This is bruised. So I kept trying to run a practice and I was like, I think I just need to watch. chill for a minute. Anyway, go back. This actually I mean, never told y'all this, but went and got an image, and they are like, no, it's not broken. And I knew, I knew it was broken, but I wanted to believe it so bad. I was like, dang, that was a loud bruise. (laughs) And then they get, this is back when we had CDs, and I looked at the CD, and I was like, yo, I was like, mom, you can like see where it's broken. (laughs) And they told me it wasn't. I don't know, so that just adds to the story. Anyways, then I had to tell my coach after I told her, oh, no, it's not broken. Actually, it is, which is strange. Didn't even go back to PT, just, like, sat around. Yeah. And then eventually, I guess, enough time passed that somehow I was fine. But. Are you fine? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I, you you sure? Sure? I know. Are we sure? I don't know. And I also think it's funny how you were like, it was just a bruise, but a bruise is the response you get, not the injury. But you were like, I got a bruise. Or like, what happened just now was a loud bruise. But the bruise happened, like, hours like, days later. It was me saying, like, it's a bruise because it's me smelling frickin'. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I no, I get what you're It doesn't make sense. That's kind of the point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so looking back on that, so many layers of things that probably could have and probably should have been handled better. Just like being like 16 year old years old, like, you don't really know what you're supposed to do in like the medical field, right? Like, you're like, all right, this broke. Like, I'm going to go to PT. You go to PT, and then you're done. And then There's there was nothing presented as an option. What can I do before soccer? It was just like just go run. That'll obviously make your shoulder really, really strong. Just running. Mm -hmm. Um so now looking back, I'm like, wow, like that's something that I think as a group we all do really well. Is like if someone came to us halfway through that story and they were like, I'm done with my PT through my insurance, but I don't feel ready for soccer, like we would be like, this is what we like, we can help you, right? So I think that's just something cool now to be able to be that person for someone and really just be like, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Like, you know, there are all these other exercises you can be doing for your shoulder, for the rest of your body. Like just things that when I look back, I'm like, well, obviously I could have been doing legs, you don't know, but I didn't think about that. I was like, how were you? like yeah, 16, 17. Like, you don't like, I just didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do we be that? Person for other people, and how do people know that that's what we do? You went there too, like as a 17, 18 year old, like very vulnerable, just wanting to get back to software, yeah. trusting everything that they said. Right. Because they're a healthcare professional. And then you're like, okay. And when you went back, you obviously weren't ready. Yeah. There's very similar stories with people that tear their ACLs. Right? Oh, yeah. And they're like, why do ACLs have such a bad outcome? And I'm like, is it the ACL? Or is it just that you have not loaded appropriately the whole time because of your PT? And it's like we're kind of sitting here bad mouthing our profession, but our profession needs to do a lot better because Mm -hmm. a surgeon does their job. Like if the surgeon emphasizes PT, like that's really amazing. That helps us a lot. And then the patient hopefully is doing their job. If we're just doing these like BS exercises and then letting these people like have a student who, Tore her ACL twice as a gymnast. Her PT consisted of her running on a treadmill. She, when she got to the point where she could run on a treadmill, they were like, okay, you're good. And she said she was terrified because she was going back to level nine gymnastics versus running on a treadmill. And she knew mm-hmm. that she was not ready. And then like a few days back, it happened. Like, mm-hmm. if, that should be such a like red flag. I mean, I, I feel like that's probably, probably why... Medicare doesn't reimburse us as much anymore. Because they're like, well, y'all yeah, aren't even doing anything. Yeah, right. The outcomes aren't even. But the, good. And that's, I
1: think, uh, I was just thinking about it while you're talking is education is probably the number one tool that we have, like mm-hmm. in our, you know, maybe not the number one, because I, I think we could all argue that we offer a ton, but education is so powerful and we fail to realize or we take for granted, especially, you know, the industry as a whole, like doctors, like, there's a ton of information there and trying to get that information into the hands of the patients you should be able to be reimbursed for an entire hour of just sitting down with your patient and having a discussion mm-hmm. and they don't or if they do it's discouraged against by the providers because they they won't get as much reimbursement as they would using say ultrasound which we know doesn't do anything and and I think that's a huge disservice because whether you're talking to a 17 year old or a 37 year old chances are they don't have near the knowledge we do when it comes to the medical world and when it comes to recovering from an injury when it comes to dealing with back pain and the more they know the more they can walk out of the office understanding the more likely they are to have a positive outcome because now there is buy-in there is you know, compliance. There is improvement over time. And, but if you don't do that, I think it's a huge disservice. And when you're working with three patients at a time, there's no ability to sit down and have like an educational conversation about their situation and how it's unique to them. Okay. What? Yeah. Um, no. know You're always like looking and I was like, shit, <laughs> like, yeah, I hard. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I know. I As you say, I think, and then like on top of that, I think a lot of people who are going to insurance-based clinics, it's like half an hour twice a week, and you don't even have the time to be able to sit down and have a conversation mm-hmm. and exercise. Um, so, like we talk about helping people with like not just their performance in the gym, but the performance in their lives, and like they're not even doing the first part. Like you can't get to know someone if you're just babysitting three people in pain or like Rachel, you described it as like traffic control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. I was just thinking about even like just going back to PT school, like maybe I misunderstood, but a lot of writing goals was very much based for like, well, would insurance justify Mm -hmm. this? Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody's goal is I want to be able to do an activity that insurance just insurance justifies. Like that's not what really people care about. So that's something that, I think we do really well and it's so important is like always relating it back to people's goals because at the end of the day, if you don't care at all about swimming and I'm like, I'm so excited for you to be able to swim and they don't care at all, then it doesn't really matter to them. But like, I think if like, I just know, like I, if you had told me one thing that was soccer related or even just made it seem soccer related, like I know I would have remembered and been all in. So just like creating that, like, those things, you have to, like you said, get to know the person first, because otherwise it's, there's no way you can know.
1: Yeah. Yes. That's the difference about being like beholden to the customer, the, the mm-hmm. client, the patient versus to a board of directors and a insurance um, mm-hmm. system that, that again, is only looking at outcomes. And then we start to talk about outcomes and outcomes are poor anyway, like there's no good measure of outcomes, right? Like. I want to be pain free. Well, it's never going to happen, right? Like we don't live in a pain free world. So if that's our measure of outcomes and that's what the insurance company wants us to get to, we'll never get there. So it's never going to improve. And it's just, it's it's tough.
0: Yeah, like you want to take pain out of your body. Mm -hmm. Like it doesn't work like that. and You probably don't. And as soon as you start to have these goals that the patient has nothing to do with, like that's why they're not invested. And that's why they have PT done to them. Mm-hmm. it's like okay this is what's required of me like how many people on rotations were at our outpatient rectal clinics because their doctors required them before they got knee surgery right mm-hmm. and they're like i'm just checking off a box
1: mm-hmm.
0: like already you're not going to get a good outcome because you're not here for the right reasons and you don't think this will work and you're not committed to it and like i don't think i've ever written a goal that was because of insurance,
1: mm-hmm. it's all
0: just based on the person in front of you. Mm-hmm. And again, yes, for us, it's a lot easier because it's all for them. They're the ones paying us, not the insurance. I don't need to justify to anything insurance. Right. It's, it's, I think it's just super unique, which is why I think we all agree, like whatever physical therapy is, I think we use the foundation, but I think we offer just something completely different like a completely different service and you can call it performance rehab, but no one really even knows what that means. It's like not just performance in your gym and in your fitness and in your health. It's like performance in your life, because I'm sure everyone in this room has had that experience with a patient where you realize the things that you've been doing with them have changed or affected their life in a really big way more than their elbow range motion as measured on a goniometer for insurance purposes. Mm -hmm. Like why does that matter? Because Mm -hmm. sometimes it does matter, you know, like your girl that lacks 30 degrees. Like we know that matters, but why does it matter? Why is it important for for this specific person?
1: Right, yeah. And I think like, you know, back to kind of what is PT, We, we talked about this before at different times, but. I think that there's this huge misconception or misunderstanding out there amongst every individual of what physical therapy is. You said that the definition was even, you know, you might have ultrasound, you might have ice, you might have stretching, and and I think of it as like all my family members when I talk about PT, they always go to the post-surgical, post-traumatic accident, post-stroke, situation where I do agree that there's probably some benefit to if I just had a hip replacement I want to make sure that I can get back to whatever you know 100 uh, degrees of flexion in the hip like I I understand how that might be important and and it might be a good milestone but that should be the bare minimum right yeah it definitely shouldn't be dictated again by insurance now I do understand you've got to have those bare minimums in place and, and when you're talking about joint replacements and different things, but then that goes down a whole nother route, yeah. you know. <laughs> but that's what yeah. Yeah. my family most of the time thinks, or even anybody that I speak to that's not like within my immediate kind of circle nowadays is, oh, you work in physical therapy, like you work with stroke patients and uh, replacement of joints, you know, like recovering from that, which, I did in one rotation and I loved it, but that's, that's not all that physical therapy is.
0: I don't know what my parents think that I do. I, I think that should be a great thought experiment to you ask. Like yeah. they know I'm a PT, they know we're for me to move, but what do they think PT is? Because mm-hmm. even in talking with my brother, like talking with my parents, my brother
1: was like, oh, my God, this is what you do? <laughs> this is so cool. And I'm yeah. like, wait, what did you think that I did? Yeah. yeah. I think it would be a great podcast in you know, of itself where you just, like, we interviewed our family members. Like, what do you think it is that we do? And then just listen to them and then go through an education cycle. Like,
0: that would be kind of cool.
1: What do we think that
0: you do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what does what Frank think? I don't know. Well, he, when I used to work with kids, I think he thought I just was like a babysitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, like the there's those pictures I think are popular at once where it's like what I think I do. what My yes. mom thinks I do. What the world thinks I do. We should make one of those. Sure, yeah, <laughs> that is funny. But like when I talk yeah. to my dad, like I know his title, but I don't really know what he does. Like my yeah. mom. So then it's also like, do they need to know what we do? Because I they live they now live in a neighborhood that consists of an older population. And they're like, you could come here and, and do PT and, and get some yeah. patients. And I'm like, what are you telling these people that I doing? Yeah, That's yeah. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of them could definitely benefit from our services. But I think we really need to like define our services, what we do, who we help, so that we can very clearly separate us from the typical traditional physical therapy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What do you think of when you think of traditional physical therapy? I just want you to throw everything out there.
1: Traditional. Yeah, I and mean, I said joint replacements, uh, you know, coming back from a uh, surgery that was much needed. Um, uh, stroke recovery, I think, is yeah. huge.
0: Lying on a table is what I think of. Yeah. A lot of bands, yeah. a lot the of goniometer. exercises that are so specific that they work in a different way. Sometimes. Yeah, so, okay, like my PT exercise is yeah. different, but they're like, they're just exercising. Like, oh, like this is only working my glute nothing else. Yeah. Like I I have patients when I'm talking to them, I'm like, what's your, what's a day in the life of X? Like, and they're like, Oh, I wake up at seven. I do my PT exercises. I go to work. I eat. And then I work out. I do my PT exercises." I'm like, wait, what? Like, Mm -hmm. what are your PT exercises? And one, do you think you need to do that? They're like, I got these four years ago. Mm -hmm. I need to keep doing these to make sure I don't get hurt again. That's a misconception too. Mm -hmm. And like, your body doesn't know workout, PT exercises. It mm-hmm. just knows stress and load. But, I, th- yeah, it's always the, the yellow band. I think mm-hmm. I'm gonna blame Dr. Kraft. <laughs> always put that yeah. in our head. Like, yeah. don't be the PT that just uses the yellow band. Three sets of ten. No yeah. specific loading to anchor that ten. Yeah. Like, if, if there is specific – sometimes ten is a great number. It exactly can be. There's nothing wrong with three sets of ten other than if you just say it without constraining it other yeah. variables. Yeah. just yeah. seems to be intentional. Yeah. I also always think of the arm bike.
1: Oh my oh, the, yes. Armadometer. Yes. the armadometer. The armadometer.
0: I thought it was one word for like you did. And I was like this I don't <laughs> understand what an armadometer is. <laughs> no, I really the, words, the arm bike. Yeah. But. It was like what you used on rotation because your CI used it as a way to get their subjective, but you had to justify it. Yes. And as a way, like, you know, you walk in at 6.50, they walk in at 7, and you're like, hey, Jim, like go sit on the arm bike for 10 minutes. Like, yeah. what a waste of time.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, it can serve a purpose, but not in that context.
0: Every single time, right, no. everyone who starts is on the bike. Because exactly. It was, yes, yeah. it was, everyone was either on the arm bike the treadmill walking, yes. or is the bike? The recumbent. Ooh, the recumbent. Bike. Yes. What about the, um, the, the new, the new yes, stuff. New oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Have you ever it. been on a new step though? Like, can you crank it could be crazy. That thing to 10? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, there are a lot of different ways to beat your heart rate up, but it's just like it's when you think of traditional PT, you think of like a cookie cutter recipe. Yes. And it's like they already had, I feel like a lot of the clinics I've been to, it's like they have. The handout's already printed off, so like anyone, anyone with a shoulder pain is getting this sheet that has
1: three sets of ten yellow, red resistance. Um, It's almost yeah, that's huge. If you're getting a sheet printed out that isn't specific to you, and it looks like it's been photocopied 75 or 750 (laughs) times, I would run away quickly.
0: Yeah, don't waste your
1: time. Yeah, Yeah, don't do that. It's it's that's about as bad as it
0: gets. I also think of a carpeted room. Like a carpeted gym for some
1: reason. You yeah. To,
0: like, yeah. 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 And yeah. it's like a bunch of tables, yes. a little bit of space, a mirror, and then some bands. And like maybe some dumbbells, but Three that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Maybe so,
0: yeah. An ankle yeah. 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 Ankle weights. Yeah. <laughs> of course. <not. laughs> like, why would we not and, then, and then usually like Easton. And then I've been to place one of my rotations. Every single person got heaterized afterwards. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every single person, I yeah.
1: I spent probably a good, like, I don't know, four weeks in my education learning to not bury people. Mm-hmm. How I many know. towels should you use? Yeah, I don't it, was like, it was like, it was like a cent. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me
0: feel the warmth that it's not enough towels. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> but then yeah. that's just a heat. Your right. deep tissue. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. really make any you're sense.
1: Like, oh, it specific? If you're yeah. trying to get the deep tissue, you use two towels. If you're trying to get you use seven. Like mm-hmm. there's no protocol for that. Yeah. It doesn't because it doesn't do anything. The other wrench flag right is if your PT gives
0: you a bell and walks away. Wait. Oh yeah. Oh god. Like it's a day when you're <laughs> done with something. Yes. Yeah, just me like, like, if you need me. You know, like yeah. well, okay, why are you even leaving? Like, like hooks you up to East End. Yes, okay. bend to
1: those places. Hooks Y'all you up to need <laughs> yeah, no, that's because we, you know, we want to service that any time of the week. Don't oh you not do
0: yeah, that with your kids too though, right? Yeah. But give them a bell. For sure. I use a crate. <laughs> <laughs> swim, I
1: don't I have any kids. They keep crazy.
0: draining the water bowl. <laughs> what are, like, what's wrong with that? Like, we've traditional PT, but but why is it funny? Like, why is that a bad thing?
1: Yeah. It's just a personalization. like. Everything, I mean, when we think about all that we want in the world, like, we want things that are providing us with the best possible life, I think. And at, at its core, it's about, like, if I'm going to pay for something, whether it's through insurance or not, I want that thing to be providing me with an opportunity to get better. And and if it's not personalized, I don't think it's helping you achieve what you want. Awesome. So it's
0: not personalized. Yeah, personalized. What else is wrong with that picture? I think... Go ahead. No, you yes. uh, so and we talk about this a good bit, but I think the people like and what's also mm-hmm. interesting to me is like there are some people who love that stuff. Which is interesting this side note. Do they love that stuff or do they love the people and the relationship? That's yeah, fair yeah. too. And yeah. that they love the experience even it though it's their 37th yeah. visit but that quarter yeah, right. I'm like do you see why yes. Yes. Like, two years, years. Yes. 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 like years of, yeah. anyway but I think like hearing all that and like the people who are like I stopped like it was almost insulting to me what they were providing mm-hmm. like I think the thing that's the most undervalued is the time right like so you're in there and you're spending an hour but as far as the person working with you you're getting 10-15 minutes of mm-hmm. their time so it's essentially equating that my, an hour of my time is equivalent or worth 15 minutes of your time, which I think can be insulting because then you're there, I'm giving up, you know, three hours a week, whatever for that little bit of your time. So it's essentially saying your time is not valuable as a patient, which I think a lot of people like everyone is busy, like for whatever reason, like time fills itself. So to have that time where you're like, okay, I want to get better at this. I want to feel better, whatever it is. but Then you go and you're like, my time is not valuable here. I think that is a problem, yeah.
1: Right. If anything, it should be the inverse, right? Like, the, the patient's going to give us an hour of their time. I'm going to give them a minimum of an hour, if not yeah. more, right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm exactly. thinking about them afterwards Yeah, because yeah. we all do that, like you know, preparing, yeah. following yeah. up. Yeah.
0: Programming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about them, talking about them. Yeah. Yeah, so like an, an hour of them coming in is more than one hour of work for us. Yeah. Versus an hour of their time is 10 minutes of work for 10 us. minutes. Hit right. and, and quit it. And, yeah. And the next yeah. 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 So just like the, it completely flips that. Yeah. I think like active people need active solutions. So the passiveness of traditional PT is mm-hmm. such an issue. And mm-hmm. not teaching people to like take control of their own life
1: yeah.
0: and have some independence and want to actually accomplish, like figuring out what those goals are and then helping them accomplish. Them instead of insurance based goals that they never even see and they have no idea what they're working towards. That's a good point. <laughs> and they mostly don't. They're, they're goals for you and your notes to get Exactly. Yeah, right? yeah. Yep. We have, I've had a couple people that have walked in here. I had one lady walk in here and she's like, oh, sorry, like I'm here for the doctor, but apparently this is the gym. <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 you are in the right place. We had like usher <laughs> Um And then I had another person recently who has tried the traditional PT. He said he went for like a week and he, similar experience, he said he felt insulted because it had nothing to do with what he was trying to get back to. looked very different. And he walked in here and he was like, this is great because it looks like a gym. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, it is a gym. PT should look like a gym for a lot of different reasons. Not just because you spend time in the gym, but because you have to load things sufficiently and appropriately to create a stimulus for change. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people see what we do and they're like, oh, they, they just like to lift, they just like CrossFit, they like to work out. That's why their PT clinic looks like a gym. But at, like on a scientific level, it's because we actually need to load things to create a change so that this person does get better. And I think that gets missed. And that's what, that's what gets missed in traditional PT
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that you, you spend 12 weeks doing eye you never load anything, nothing mm-hmm. ever gets better. You don't get to know this person. So you don't even get to know how to get them better, or what they're getting better for. And then they leave and they are like, well, I've tried PT. Like when someone says in an eval, I, I did PT. I'm like, okay, tell me what you did at PT because I, I need to know if you sat on a table for 12 weeks and got <laughs> yeah. eye paresis because that is not our version of PT.
1: Yeah. I was just thinking back to when I was a student, and I literally remember being frustrated with um, a treating of a, of a person because I was doing the the ultrasound, and I was doing the iontophoresis on their problem, and I they weren't getting better, and I remember dreading them coming back the next time because I was afraid that I, you know, how am I gonna sit down with this person for 30 minutes and like do the same thing? I don't have any other solutions, I don't have any like, tools in my tool belt Mm -hmm. and i wonder how many pts out there feel the same way like constrained within their system and within the offerings that they have in their clinics because of of the again the system And they're sitting there like oh man i wish i could help this person but i can't you know because they don't have the tools or or the opportunity
0: there's too many barriers yeah and i I think that's the thing like we're not sitting here saying like there's so many terrible pts out there i think we're saying like the system set up through insurance doesn't wouldn't allow someone who believes these things to carry them out. So it's as much as it's like, it's not happening. Like there are a lot of layers as to why it's very hard to make it happen. Yeah. I know so many great PTs who are in a really horrible system and they can't treat the way they want to. And they're, they're frustrated, they're stressed because they've, they have this person in front of them and they're like I, I think you need to do this but I have to see this other person or we don't have this time or I'm not justified or your bill says your knee I can't help you with your neck yeah it's like there's almost too many barriers for that person to be able to treat the way they want to and now we are seeing the shift of people just getting out of the system like that's mm-hmm. what we did
1: mm-hmm.
0: we weren't gonna we aren't gonna we't gonna change the system from the inside like you're probably a cog in the wheel if you're a PT and a big Corporate box place. If you want to treat the way you want to, if you want to treat your patients the way you want to, you almost have to leave the system.
1: Absolutely. I think one other thing that like good PT looks like, and we talk about it a lot here, is is you know addressing sleep and nutrition and recovery and, and you know the whole stress management idea. And that's why I like the term you know uh, I don't know where I heard it, but stress therapy, because it's it's not only about um, you know, we, we look at it in terms of trying to help de-stress, help reduce stress in somebody's life from an emotional and, and just you know level in that way. And then we also want to look at increasing stress from like a physical standpoint and tissue adaptation. And so I do really think it's a huge aspect of good therapy is about reducing an overall stress load, but making sure that stress is applied in a way that is beneficial to the individual. And I don't know how many of those conversations again are taking place inside of a traditional clinic. Um, and it's something that we absolutely focus on is how do we reduce the bad stress and increase the good stress?
0: Yeah, it's like we're stress managers, right? Of like if you have this really big stress response, would you rather that be from your intentional exercise or would you rather that be from a little bit of exercise but you're sleeping like shit, you're not really eating anything, and you have a lot going on in Like, can we start to tip the scales to get you the adaptation that you want if we manage and balance your stress within your recovery? Mm -hmm. But that's such a big conversation to get to know that person to where you, you just even know the, you know, the other factors, like the intangibles that like, it's actually not just my knee pain. I have this stressful job. Like everyone at this point is, is busy. Like everyone in our lives is busy. Everyone has a lot of stress going on. With this pandemic and blah blah blah, and there's just always so much more that we can help with and like even just optimize someone's health and wellness and fitness and well-being. That's why I think it's I think we go the performance rehab route, like calling it that, Mm -hmm. because it's not it's not physical therapy. Like what we do here, that term gives me a hot pack, like dirty rag, cookie cutter flow sheet feeling. It, you, what did you call it, physical counseling? Physical counseling,
1: counseling yeah, because it's the same idea, right? We're, we're counseling from a mental, like educational perspective, but there's a huge physical component to it that we also have to address. And, and so hopefully when you combine the two into physical counseling, we're, we're addressing both needs, physical and uh, mental, emotional. Um, yeah. and
0: what does our version of PT look like? Well, it's funny. So yesterday I had a patient who was like, wow, this is just therapy for me. Like this is therapy because we spent 45 minutes talking about ways to decrease stress and like controlling the controllables. There's some things that are uncontrollable right now. And we talked to nutrition, he wants to lose weight, we talked to sleep because he's not sleeping well. Um, And then we went out and did some things in the gym. But it's like our sessions can look like that they can look like helping people problem-solve and get to where they want to be. Um, and I mean, in the end, it's helping people live a healthier life, mm-hmm. whatever that might look like for them. Yeah. I, okay. I think a lot of it is in the application. I think most, this might be because I live in a bubble, but I think <laughs> most people know what they should do. No, I, I should exercise. I yeah. should eat better. I should sleep more. I should whatever it is. It's more, like why and how, not so much the what mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, okay, yes, we all have ideas of like, oh, th- this would be better for me. But it's like, why and then how are you going to make that happen? And a lot of that, I think, is like problem solving and then like reducing barriers or taking things that seem insurmountable and making it bite-sized, holding someone accountable through that process. I love how we're saying like, you don't have to do it yourself right like you don't have to do it alone and I think some of the patients that I've loved working with are just people that are like maybe I could have figured this out or like but I don't have to like you get to do that for me and like I don't have to worry about this right because a lot of people we work with know a lot about their bodies and have big goals and have worked out for a long time but then having someone who is only focused on that and progressing them in their exercises and holding them accountable across all aspects of their recovery it's just like, it's nice. Like, okay, I could try to figure out how to do my taxes myself. I, was about to say that. I would <laughs> probably get hauled off by the IRS in like 10 years or I can pay an expert that I don't even have to worry about it. And I think that's just so valuable to take all, everything into consideration and be like, okay, like I'm essentially quarterback right now. I'm just going to tell you each step what you need to do. And then we'll go from there. I think that is a relief for a lot of people because they're like, okay, I have a job. I have kids. Like I have all these other things. Like there's someone who's just looking out for me and guiding me through that process. And like Kayla said, it's different for everybody. Like there's some people who essentially work out for, you know, 45, 50 minutes and you're talking and doing all that during that workout. Or there are other people that you talk for that amount of time and do a few exercises. They like, didn't really... Can go either way, and it just depends on the day and what that person needs. But I think that's why it's so hard to describe what we do, Mm -hmm. because it really depends on the situation and the person. It's always hard to describe something that isn't cookie cutter, because it looks different for everyone. So for some Mm -hmm. people, yeah, like it's it's more physical. For some people, it's more planning. I I was literally about to say like, how much time and stress does TurboTax save you? because they do it mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. your AC being broken and you mm-hmm. go to advanced auto and you're like what do I do mm-hmm. and if you did your taxes you might not even get the result that you want exactly yeah. so you don't get the outcome that you want and you have to spend all of this time on your own possibly waste time and waste money and you still have pain and injury you can't lose weight you haven't made progress in the gym mm-hmm. like it's Cool that our literal job is to help other people with whatever problems they have in their life, unless that problem is a tax-related problem. Then <laughs> you, go somewhere else. There's a lot of problems that we can solve. That is not one that I can solve for you. But I'll show you where you go. Yeah. yeah, we can help you
1: identify. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I you
0: can. We can problem yeah. and tell them to go. Yeah. I feel like we also combat a lot of like stigma and just things that aren't necessarily true that a lot of people believe. Like back pain, bending over is bad, and, oh, sure, oh, yeah, sure. false narratives are huge, a huge part of like, knees, I've heard from several young girls that they were told by their doctors, like, you shouldn't run, you're gonna have early onset knee arthritis, oh my gosh, girls in their 20s, and, and it's there's terrible. just a lot of that, and I think we all do a good job of teaching people, like, more resilient, more adaptable, like, you can do a lot more than, than what you think, so, it's almost, like really frustrating when you have someone who's telling you all those things that they they now believe about their body and I'm like who told you that yeah and why because it it is all and this is a separate podcast but like the words the impact that words have from a healthcare professional Mm -hmm. like we see it every day in the way that that person comes to us and they're like I I can't move in this way I can't move in this way I can't move in this way this hurts me and I'm like, we don't realize. And we're like, health professionals and fitness professionals are part of the problem. It's just crazy to me. It's sad. But I think that we are having those conversations to start to change the narrative around that for sure. Mm-hmm. So we are stress managers. We're physical counselors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else? There was another one we thought of. I, don't
1: know. I just always thought of like the stress therapy and, yeah. uh, and the physical counseling. Yeah, I think that sums it up pretty well. Oh my god, we don't <laughs> have any other
0: names. Yeah, let us know. Well, all right, everyone. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Hopefully you have a better idea of what PT should and shouldn't look like going forward. Remember, follow at made to move PT and at Healthy Charleston for some exciting updates soon. Thanks for listening. Sure. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us, everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Head on over to Instagram. Find us at Healthy Charleston. Leave us a review on iTunes. If you ever have any topics you want us to talk about or guests you want to bring on, feel free to DM us. Otherwise, thanks again.